Listeners, we are in for one today. We are finishing up our uh, season of uh, as seen on TV. We're going to talk about Ryan one of our one of our sister. one of our white whales in terms yeah. of um, things. Honestly, we've this about. is this is the white whale more than Nell. I think we've joked around oh, about this yeah, movie we'll more than any other film because this one uh, since college and I did since college. Yep. Yeah. Yep, so, so we'll, we're going to talk about Rosie O'Donnell's performance in this, which is a, a term, and, you know, dive into some other things, and who knows where this is going to go. Let's just hope there'll be more episodes after this. <laughs> Can't get canceled if no one listens to your show. Friends, welcome to a new episode of the Midnight Boys Present, a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my super saver-loving friends, <laughs> Joe and Duff. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this. I, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to talk about this I, movie. Not, not since we watched Roar have I just kind of been left just shaken. And <laughs> I'm God never going to yeah, be Roar's the same. Yeah, Roar's a good one, too, where I was like, I, I'm a different person now. <laughs> I came into that movie and this movie as one person and came out and and much changed. and much much like Roar you are you know you've seen a trailer you are aware of the concept and you think you are ready yeah you yes. are you are never ready <laughs> oh we have really this season <clears throat> we're gonna talk about riding the bus with my sister which we'll get into uh, this season we started with arguably what some people consider. The best made-for-TV movie ever, a Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> then we went to the day after, which is like uh, historically important, uh, and then it just fell apart with <laughs> no one would tell, and then death of a cheerleader, and we're ending this. We we, we went kind movie... of uh, this the, the 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 death the crime ones were like those were like um, trashy, you... right? That's the yeah. trash bin. They were your your law and order ripped from the headlines. We, right. We've gone into war crime territory with <laughs> this one. Yeah. And also, like, this is the most recent one, which is a problem. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, so it, this it, movie... It, there is... are, th- there's no cultural context excuse for this. No. No, exactly. It's not like, oh, it's the 80s. It was the early 90s. 2005. The towers fell four years before this movie was made. Obama was president when this movie came out. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. This movie movie fried your brain. Obama was a senator when this came out. All right? Uh, The... The W was raging his war on terror. You're when, right. Okay. When, this, okay. when this came out. All right. So what this, are we mo- about? this movie is this movie is this movie is terrorism. It. <laughs> the, it, it, this, it is the I, I've said this on the show before, but we've set a new bar. This is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It it definitely is one of the most the worst, most miscalculated performances. I've, I've uh, okay. ever seen. So let's, Everything let's, about it is bad, though. Let's contextualize this it, yes. for our listeners. <laughs> yes. Okay? Because if, hopefully, they don't know about this, and now they do. Um, 2005, this aired on CBS, guys. This was on network television. Yeah. Um, when that was still a, two, a matter, like a thing. Yeah. Right, 2005. 
we have a movie directed by Angelica Houston, uh, which I, I mean, we'll, well, I don't even understand any of that. Uh, it is, <laughs> it is, uh, stars Andy McDowell. It stars Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, I can understand why that's on CBS. It makes sense. Seems like pretty, a lot of star pretty power. big stars. Yeah. Um, what is this movie about? Well, this movie is about. <laughs> Hold on, you missed. I mean, you missed the star power behind the score. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Stuart Copeland. I forgot the... about that from the Police, right? <laughs> yes. Stuart uh... <laughs> Copeland of the Police uh, scores the film, which for okay, he I... scored a made-for-TV movie. I guess I didn't dig in. I know he's done other scores too. So like, at this stage, this was does he feel like barrel scraping. Yeah, this yeah. feels like barrel scraping. Like I, this is like, oh man, your drug habit is way out of control. You'll you'll work for anything. Yeah. Okay, so Andy McDowell's character. Let's start with her. She is a photographer. This is a very movie thing. A very rich photographer. She's doing very well. At <laughs> yeah. Her, as a photography photographer, um, every everyone everyone who knows a professional photographer knows how rich they have it. Yeah, right, guys. And uh, well, just she roll. does like she does like fancy like model Fashion shoots stuff. and stuff like that. So like right. maybe if you're at the top of your field there, I, I I'm see willing. It, I guess that I'm willing to dispend uh, suspend my belief for. Plus this that movie. this was like almost twenty years ago when like yeah. I guess just before Obama was president. <laughs> Before the Ob- <laughs> before the Obungler ruined the photography economy for everyone, uh, and her, we are introduced to her sister Beth, who is played by. How are we introduced to her, Rob? I don't. I she. We're in, well. We're it's it's. Is it a cold open? No, with the Comic it, Sans font. I was, was gonna Comic say Comic Sans font for the credits. I was gonna say they. Uh, she needs to get a new toilet Sans seat. Font. She needs to get a new toilet seat. That's uh, how we're introduced to her. This, so the the movie opens with the camera pans over, and uh, Rosie just shoots up <laughs> out, out of bed. bed, out of bed, and just it, listen immediately <laughs> cranks it up to eleven. She just, she runs like a she runs like Fred Flintstone <laughs> to, <laughs> to the. You know, to get whatever the <laughs> like a small troll. <laughs> I was like, Fred if Flintstone going making... to the Elks Lodge or whatever it was. Like... If you were making the most offensive movie you possibly could about a person, they, they take a person with they, cognitive they... disabilities. You yes, would make this the point, exact yes. same way. Would you change this a is... thing? This is this is what I was going to do. This I was going to tell the plot of the movie, and then we could talk about the performance, which. If you already, if you're already, if you, if the plot makes you feel uncomfortable to watch, wait until you see the performance All by right, Rosie I'll, O'Donnell. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute my mic and let you cook for a while. Well, it's, you, don't, you don't have to do that. But uh, uh, so here's, and this is a testament to how kind of lazy this movie ends up being. Uh, it's just Rain Man. Like it takes a lot of beats for Rain Man. It is Rain Man. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so yeah, it's, she, kind, it's like she's like this <laughs> magical. There's lots of movies like, and Rain Man's an example of that. But Rain Man somehow is significantly more tasteful than this. Somehow, just it's by because, by virtue of how bad this one is, right? There's also like some star power and stuff that's working in Rain Man. Well, you know? I get, but I just I have not like, revisited Rain Man in a long like, time. It, so it, at I, least you in know. Rain Man, the main character like sort of is like a 
to some extent, three-dimensional character who has to right. go through some self-recrimination, some genuine stuff, right? She yeah. is just treated like like um, like um, some magical simpleton that is just okay, going yeah. to teach this person how. And and that that is how the plot goes forward. So, I guess Rob, explain why she needs this magical magical simpleton in her life. Uh, yeah. So what happens is Rosie O'Donnell, uh, as she doesn't play herself, she plays Beth. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Guys, I just came close to doing the voice. I stopped myself. Thank you. Don't. She um she likes she, she lives on her own and she takes the bus everywhere and and she talks to a lot of the people on the bus. No, she literally and, uh, just takes the bus. She takes like, the bus. That's that's what she does. Yeah. She just rides around on the bus yeah. all day. She has and no she goes, destination. She, well, she runs of, errands. She runs errands. Sure, but she's like got a her, boyfriend. her primary like thing that she does, like her hobby, is riding the most, bus. Most yeah, what she, she does all day is she rides it, the bus, and she has the bus route, the drivers, the regulars. She has it all memorized. She is right. like the the Cliff Clavin of this bus. Like, so right, like, yeah. Whereas, in, whereas Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. He could get you a million dollars by counting cards. He knows numbers. Yeah. Um, uh, Beth is the character's name, right? Yes. 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 Beth, played by Rosie O'Donnell. She where uh, wherever this this is like a wherever this takes place. Reading Pennsylvania. Reading Pennsylvania. Reading. Is it re- yeah. it, uh, she can get you anywhere you want to go and tell you which buses to take, where to transfer. She could probably tell you when you'll get there too. And she's well liked by the bus drivers. Most of them, yeah, yeah. She um, so that's Not what she does. That that's what she does. We'll get to that. That's what she does. And then um, her father also, uh, Andy McDowell's character, Rachel's father, dies, and that has to bring the family together. And we sort of learn like, well, the father was doing a lot to help out. Uh, Beth Beth is very distraught about this. And this is when this movie doesn't have people; it just has villains, and like. For example, there's a part where like uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character is on the bus and she talks. She's got a picture of her like niece and nephew. They're like ten and twelve, and she tells the person on the bus like she's never met him. And we later on meet the like brother when the dad dies. The brother doesn't even want, like the brother won't even introduce his children to, yeah. to Rosie, which is like so horrific. Like such a, I mean, I can't believe there's a a. a person that exists that would act like what that way like that's insane to me yeah. yeah there's there's a lot of comically evil people in this movie i i was thinking of the flashbacks where the dad just packs up the suitcase like well i'm leaving my family just oh, gets well. into a car that pulls out and off he <laughs> yeah. goes yeah like, no, no hugs goodbye just the like, flashbacks oh. are this, dreadful this film like weirdly seems to think like the average person's attitude about somebody with beth's disability she, right. they, they treat it as if the average person uh, is like someone living in like 1955. Yeah, like, like that the, the average thing. person in 2005 would be thinking this person needs to be put in a home, whereas that yeah. is certainly no. not the case. Yet no. also, yet also, this movie, <laughs> um, th- this movie is like something that is filmed in 1955. In terms yeah. of how offensive and and um, and clumsy and off uh, and 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 thin it is, I guess in 
its portrayal of Beth. So it simultaneously looking outwards thinks that the uh, the bulk of the audience is as um, insensitive and hateful as someone from 50 years ago. Yet it mm-hmm. is the same as same exact film as someone from 50 years ago would have made. It does that make sense? Kind of. I mean, yeah. the, so maybe the, the, it's all just projection. <laughs> well, so that's the thing I don't I mean that's that's that that's what she puts a whole plot plot. That's what puts a story in in motion is someone needs to like they, take they don't even need to like her. take care of her. They just need someone to check on her. Really yeah. all they need is someone to like be around to she's got a caseworker but like just to sort of like help her out a little bit because her dad did a lot and her dad just died and can someone just help her out for a little bit? She lives on her own. She can travel around. She can like I mean we, it's we know not she like, can use the bathroom herself. She's going to get a to- new toilet seat. She's getting a new toilet seat. Like the way to go on your point, Joe. The way that everyone treats her is if like uh the the amount of effort to take care of Beth. Really, all you need to do like she's loud. And yeah, like that's her, that's her biggest thing. And she's outspoken. really loud. She's and loud rude. and outspoken. Yeah, and she, and she dresses she, she she dresses like your average Walmart customer. Yeah, that's it. But and that it, for some reason is a huge problem throughout this movie too. Right. Well, I did write like, listen, maybe put on some pants yeah, for your dad's but, but, funeral. But, but, but that is literally the only situation where it matters. <laughs> yeah. Was, Otherwise, maybe, who cares? Maybe that's why. Oh no! Why wouldn't... why are you wearing cotton shorts and a t shirt on the bus? What are you yeah. doing? On <laughs> the city bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, what, so I was going to say uh, maybe her brother uh, was offended by her shorts. Like, I'm not going to let you meet my children. No, I mean, the no biggest shorts. the biggest issue. This is talked about. This is not me just saying it. The biggest concern and issue with Beth for the family and the caseworker, I swear to God, is she eats junk food and her cholesterol's high. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is... That is the concern. That is the health concern. Otherwise, she's fine. And she and they yeah. and they 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 give her a, they give her a hard time too for not dressing like more right. professionally. Or but like those are the things. But yeah. to Joe's point, everyone treats her as if like as if like well, your life's over <laughs> they, if you got to take tra- care of her. Walk into a tavern in any suburban, urban, or rural environment anywhere in the state of Wisconsin or Minnesota. Ninety percent of the customers have the same problem as her. She they looks treat- like she's going to Comic Con, which is what <laughs> like twenty percent of any male they, I've ever seen look like. They treat her as if she's in an iron lung, and they yeah. have to cart her around. And to me, that is like the most offensive part of this movie: is the way she is talked about and treated by the movie and by everyone. Versus, like, we're worried about her cholesterol, and she dresses weird. <laughs> like, are the actual concerns? Yeah, she's- is. She's friggin' memorized everything about the bus and the bus people's family. <laughs> right. And and so this, the movie is essentially, you know, uh, Rachel moves in with her to help out and learns to love again. Yeah, from this point on, it's the mean, you know, the mean, selfish person yeah. uh, is taught a very important lesson about life from by their... By someone simple. By someone simple. Yeah. Uh, I... I went through maybe like, the worst kind of movie there can be. It's well, or worst worst okay. kind of story that exists as a story archetype. I was going to say I went through like eight different galaxy brain phases in this movie, and my <laughs> brain is just fried. But I will say, uh, so I'm you know I'm the Rachel in real life, right? Like, uh, and 
for anyone who does not know, um, I had a, a back in the day, I guess, special needs brother, uh, way lesser functioning than Beth uh, has since passed. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, this movie, like, if done well, like, should actually be like I should be like sobbing or something during right, this movie. Just, yeah, but uh, it. Because, of, you know, like we just said, it is just the worst, most trite simplification of, of like, oh, if you just open your heart, everything will be okay. And, and, and it's like, nope, sorry. It is rarely, if any time, that simple. Th- this movie pretends that taking care of Beth would be like the equivalent of having to take care of your brother when the equivalent of Beth in real life is me at age 26. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, if my, you had to take care of me at age 26. My, <laughs> my brother, uh, he had he, uh, cerebral palsy and I, I don't know. I mean, growing up mental retardation, this is still a medical term. And so like, I, I heard that for the first like 15 ish years of my life. Sure. Now it'd be called a, uh, developmentally disabled or uh, I don't I don't know like I, I don't even know what the proper term would be today um, uh, you know basically infant level of cognitive ability and like that's why like uh, okay so two things like it is like again Beth's or sorry what's Andy McDowell's character's name Rachel Rachel it is. I do think it's. It sucks that uh, they try to vilify Rachel uh, because she doesn't want to give up her life and like make radical changes. Like on its face, I'm sure. like, it's like that would be a big adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but uh, uh, and this again shows how just this movie has no clue what it's doing. It's like. Jesus, you just, you don't even need to cook for her. You just, no, like it, you're obviously in the same town. Uh, this, by the way, like this idyllic small town with the best public transit system in America. <laughs> yeah, Pete Bo- Pete Buttigieg, look at this city and like <laughs> just copy whatever they are doing. Uh, just everyone's happy. Their buses are safe. Uh, we have we have a lot of issues with bus safety in Minneapolis. Yeah, Reading's population now is just under a hundred thousand, but they do have they do have trans they do have a a, a regional transport though. I'm I'm sure I know. Yeah, they yeah have I know. Something. I'm just saying, like, right. just to give some context on how big oh, the city okay. is. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, this everything in this movie is comically exaggerated, yet at the same time, things are just brought to a huge cliche which is like if you just if you just learn to love again right love conquers all right right and uh here it, and here's the part that like really got me is not only will will like was it you the know, baby when she held the baby did you cry no it's, <laughs> well in terms even of at just, that moment even at that moment the, the sister's been with her for at this point like almost a full month plus right and 
the 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 woman on the bus like, oh, do you want to hold the baby? And she's like, I don't know. Like the like the Cicero was like, I don't know if she should. And I was like, are you kidding me? You even at this point, at that late in the movie, the still the sister's like, I don't know if we can trust her to hold a baby. What's yeah. she gonna do? Throw it out the window? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. yeah, you're not you're not in a plane. Like yeah, you're just. I, sitting- <laughs> But even late in the movie, the like Annie McDowell's like, I don't know, it's so little. Are you sure you should do that? I'm like, are are you kidding me? Yeah, um, and then and then the payoff is, oh boy, um, uh, Beth. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Uh, basically, Beth's entire function in this movie is to teach uh, Rachel how to love again, and then right. the great reward is that Rachel gets to turn this whole you know year of riding the bus with her sister into thirty days. A, well, yeah, in the book, it's a year. In, yeah. uh, oh, in the okay. movie, a month of riding okay. the bus with her sister into a a, uh, a photography exhibit wow. uh, that ends up being a huge hit. So her sister exploits her uh, <laughs> for her own art. I, I, I'm going to take a wild guess and, and, and assume Beth's not going to see any of the money that she gets from selling this stuff in this exhibit. It's well, just like, even in the end... Like, the product is something Rachel does for herself and for her right. own aggrandizement. But I, I thought where you're going to go with is the big twist in this movie. Uh, this, is... movie this movie decides to dip its toe into yeah. the, like, well, eugenics that's... debate. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I, I just meant in terms of, like, just sticking squarely with the, the Rachel character, oh. like, that, right. that's, but then, yes, also. It, we the, find out that they had... You know, they had her... They had her fixed. They had her fixed, so she can't took, have kids. They, they took her to the pound. <laughs> How do you just... And why Why was there more than one movie from this decade that asked this exact same question about whether people who are developmentally disabled should be allowed to be parents? Isn't That's just a strange thing. And then I feel like since these two movies came out, I've never... And, and again, you're I'm, refer- not, I'm you're not referring saying it's to I not am a, Sam as the yes, other. Yes, I am right? Sam, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not weighing in on the issue. I'm just saying there's this weird blip in pop culture where this question was asked twice <laughs> by two prominent stars. <laughs> yeah, and then that's that. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's kind just of weird, like, right? It's very it's it's almost like and. Uh, anyone anyone who is married or has been in a relationship for a while like it's just kind of like when you or your partner like someone just starts a fight like just immediately like uh how does this look like it's like oh what are we gonna have a fight now like it that's what you feel like that part in the movies like just the the question of like this like movies just aggressively like uh you know it's like hey how's it going Hey, what do you think about reproductive rights for the disabled? Well, it doesn't. What crazy is the movie doesn't even answer it. Like clearly, Beth is upset about it, and then her friend's like, "Yeah, well, we didn't know." I mean, her friend, her sister's like, "Oh, yeah, we didn't know." I'm gonna tickle your arm, and then yeah. it'll be okay. And then she tickles her arm, and they laugh, and then that's that. And I was like, "Oh, okay." We also get <laughs> a very uh, briefly horrifying scene of uh, uh, Beth. Uh, sedated being wheeled into the operating room like uh, like screaming like more not screaming i mean it's the only time that we should keep saying i changed my mind i changed my mind she's telling the doctors not to do it and the doctor's like it's okay just go to sleep i'm like what what's going on movie like 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, it is. I've... So our story on this movie is this came out in college and we would see the trailers for it. And... I, I don't. I don't even know the genesis of like who saw it first. I just know it's been like in our brains for yeah um, for eighteen years. It's been taking up space. I think in those days, like the you know this was the infancy of YouTube, so right. I don't. It wasn't on, but maybe the trailer was. And I remember even then, like you know, again, we said that there's no cultural excuse for this movie, but like, no. even then we saw it as like, this can't be real. Can't yeah, be real. It, it, it's, it, it's, it was like kind of our white whale because no matter how much evidence was put before us, we still could not quite believe that it was real. Right. And, and I, I, I would bet money that this is one of the things that inspired the, in Tropic Thunder, about never go full R word. Uh, they use the R. They use a hard R word a few times in this movie, and every time I'm like, "Whoa!" Uh, I mean, it, first of all, again, like my, my brain just melted during this, so like I can't remember too like too many specifics like in that. But uh, who is it? Someone who should know better who says it in the movie? Uh, it's it's well, well there's the first one time. Scene- there's one scene with Rachel when she's talking to her ex-boyfriend who all yep. of course magically comes back to her at the end once she puts together her exploitation photography series. Yeah. Once um, she once she learns how to love. He so he he yeah, so his he leaves her because she had never talked about her sister to him before and mm-hmm. and never like basically kept that her whole family life away from him and he's took that justifiably so as a sign that she is not emotionally healthy and has intimacy issues. <laughs> they he correctly supposedly... leaves her. He correctly leaves her. And then So were they engaged? No, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That's they were in a serious they, relationship. Yeah. Serious they relationship were, they, for sure. Well that was gonna be my point, is they are in a very serious relationship yet act like they're on date three or four. It's just like the weirdest, most formal relationship and they're supposed to be like a pretty steady couple yeah so he yeah. leaves her and then at the end when she has her exhibit her her show at at the gallery he comes back because apparently she's learned the correct lesson is you you use your challenging family life <laughs> to produce arts that you can then profit from and gain notoriety from and he's like but now you get it you but share the other time stuff. yeah the, you the don't other keep it to time, yourself you use it for you the, <laughs> the other time is there are a couple people most of the people on the bus really like Beth. Uh there's a couple people I the the first guy that we see gets on the bus, he's so mad at her and he, she's living on the government dole. And yeah, she's taking the government money, she needs to get a job. And what made me so mad is he got on a mostly empty bus and he sat right across from her. And all I could think of is like if this woman makes you so upset on this bus why do you sit right next to her? You could fit uh, anywhere if, on the bus. If that is the worst <laughs> thing that happens to you on the bus, again, like this this bus system just is really great. I mean, like, I take the bus in the winter every day, twice a day, um, and I like the bus. But are there a couple times when the Beth character is doing something on a bus where I'd be like, well, that would be fun. I, I would be irritated if someone was like holding up their, <laughs> their, their uh, boom box and playing music that they wanted to play really loud. And I'd be like, that's, yeah. that's rude. Yeah. 
That's um, probably the worst thing the she does. Th- her her greatest though, crime is sometimes she is annoying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. She's annoying and loud. She's me. Uh, so yeah. that's that's another thing. Uh, this movie also has a just kind of flippant, not sure which side it's on when it comes to the government helping her. Like It's very weird because she refuses all the money from Rachel. Mm-hmm. So again, like I, I must be social security or disability or yeah, she's probably on disability, something like that, and she's uh, doing okay. Uh, so this movie is leading us to believe that the social safety net is just doing what it should. It's a okay, like I don't know. It's weird that people like the, the 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 couple characters that get mad at her and yell at her. It's like, what are you mad about? Like I, oh, all, you should get a job. All you, all you do is ride the bus. Why do you care? Why would Sad, you care? Sadly, that is the most the realistic part of this movie. It's just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. People being mad at someone riding people, a bus all day. People, people just mad that they don't have to work and toil for basic human dignity. Yeah. Um, also, um, this movie uh, with the Rachel relationship uh, throws away possibly the only angle I kind of liked is that I thought Rachel was going to end up with the cool bus driver. Yeah, me too. Uh, Cause like the, the bus driver, like, you know, uh, I think the only time in this movie that it seems like not super forced is the bus driver's Rick. like, yeah, she's really cool. And, you know, at first she annoyed me too. And, like, and it seems like they're laughing and they're having a good time. Like, oh, they're going to go to Bonetown. Uh, and at the end, it's like, oh, she gets back with her weirdo kind of stuck-up boyfriend. Like, right. no. And another thing I thought is we learn, like, you know, halfway through the movie that, that Beth has a boyfriend, Jesse. And then at the end of the movie, not only do we learn that her boyfriend, Jesse, we learn that from when they fixed her 10 years ago, she was with Jesse then, too. She's been with Jesse for, like, a decade. Yeah. She's... So, like, why? I don't I just do not understand anything in this movie. I, I, it's so it's so offensive. And we haven't even gotten to the most offensive part, which is Rosie we O'Donnell's haven't? performance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it's unbelievable, and it, and this this is where you know I went through like several iterations of Galaxy Brain, where I was like, "What if it's so bad that it's authentic?" And like you know, like I had like just uh, call them like clickbait thoughts like that. Yeah, and, and I finally it I it, the closest thing I think of it's a minstrel show. It's it's like a it's one like of the a most Muppet. offensive things I've ever seen in my life. It, it even even if it comes from a well-intentioned place, it is just a, co- a comically broad, broad is the right car- word caricature yeah. of I I don't even know. As opposed <laughs> to as opposed to um, the Jesse character is played in a much like different way and and comes off totally differently. Because, you know, he also has, like, an I intellectual... Don't you, I don't think we've talked about Jesse. Well, Jesse's her boyfriend. Yeah. You... Um, but, like, he's, he, you know, he comes off as, like, a much more nuanced performance of a character versus, like, the Rosie O'Donnell one. You're just like, man, are we... I, 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 I don't know. It's unbelievable. It reminds me of, remember that SNL thing from Forever Go when they had, like, actors, like, uh auditioning for Chewbacca and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that. It was like, it was like, 
it was like that version of it. Like it, oh. it is, <laughs> it, it is a child's playground taunt of an impression. Yes, like, it is, that's the way way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so guys, I, I made a list of people that Rosie at one point sounded like. Oh my the, god! Like okay, like um. Oh, and by the way, there were points where I could understand only every like third or fourth word. It would just stream of consciousness, like just guttural sounds were coming out of her, and this is where like my eyes just rolled back. <laughs> I just you hit your head. Yeah. So who? What? Who do you? Who do you uh, have? All right. Uh, a Swedish chef. Okay. Um, James Cagney. Because <laughs> because here's here's what? here's an un, here's a reason that another reason this Rosie performance is so bad is that at times you can see that kind of like wink wink stick theater kid shtick she does mm. like the, it comes and goes in this and it, uh like it just it bothered me uh dr steve Brule. <laughs> uh, oh my god okay uh austin powers <laughs> uh will ferrell is harry will ferrell is harry carey oh that's good uh, um, and then the the last one is not uh, it's not what she sounds like. And I, I alluded uh, when I texted Rob, uh, I I talked about there's a reaction shot in this movie that ju- it haunts me. Like she, she when she learns that her father has a heart attack, she looks like Jack Nicholson in The Shining when he's just staring out that window and oh, just man. and and insanity has just racked his brain. It is. I I see it when I shut my eyes. Like I, I <laughs> it, you miss Pee Wee. You miss Pee Wee Herman. Pee-wee yes, Herman. of course, Pee Wee Herman. In a Muppet, just like a Muppet. Yeah, kind of like, like a, a Kermit crossed with animal. It, Her performance is like the Menomina. It is Muppets. It is every Muppet mashed together. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It is this is one of the greatest crimes against the craft of acting I've ever seen. <laughs> It is so offensive, so inept. The ego, the ego to do something like this in front of the camera. And I guarantee 100% she thought I'm winning an Emmy for this. Oh, yeah. Like this, she... this is a person walking out there saying, I'm, I am a champion for people with disabilities. I'm going to win an Emmy. And my friend Rosie... You should never have been allowed in front of a camera again. <laughs> it, I, I can't say enough about how awful this is. It's yeah, uh, you know, and it, that's what's hard is like, you know, this this is this is based off of a, a memoir uh, by Rachel S- Simon. So I was, that's Rachel character. So this is like based on a true story. She apparently after the movie had good things to say about the movie. So, like, it's this weird thing where, like, I feel like everyone probably had correct intentions in their well, hearts. It, 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 but I don't know. Based s- on watching this movie, Rachel seems like a terrible person and a terrible kid. So, like, the fact that she thinks it's okay, that doesn't make right. me feel any better about it. That's true. I mean, no difference instead of being a photographer is she's, uh, you know, writes a memoir about it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's it's something else i don't know it's it's incredible that it exists i don't i i was gonna say i 
this is both simultaneously a, a war crime against the arts, uh, but also um, I want to um, break this down into code and put it on those gold discs that we fire into space so that we can ensure that when we, you know, obliterate this planet, uh, we need another Voyager probe to take this uh, out and spread its gospel. At one point, one of the characters on the bus, I believe, uses a hard R word and tells someone else on the bus, don't make eye contact. <laughs> like it's a like, tyrannos- like she's a Tyrannosaurus. Right. And the whole thing is it's like, it's just insane. It's just, it's, I can't believe it exists. Can I? And- and again, uh, this this is coming from someone who grew up with a, a disabled sibling uh, in the eighties and nineties, and like I just by two thousand five, the year I graduated, we graduated college. Like, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, only the worst of people think that this type of thing is okay. Right? Can I? I'm gonna segue to something real quick. One thing I noticed in the movie is when Beth sits on the bus, her feet dangle off the seat. They don't touch the seat. She kind of moves her legs. She like looks, yes. There's another scene where she's sitting on a bench in a park and her feet go like, like six inches below the lip of the thing. It, it, it looks like they're shooting her to look like a hobbit. Yeah. It's, it's like, Peter, they, they, they're like, how did Peter Jackson make the hobbit so small? Um, so I Googled her height. And when I Googled her, I don't do this guys. When I Googled her height, don't tell it, me what to do. It brought up heights of other actresses underneath it. So we are gonna play. <laughs> Joe and I have played this game before. We're gonna play Under it right over. now. Who is taller? Okay. I'm All gonna right. give you the name of three actresses. I, I want three. you to uh, bring them from shortest to tallest. Are you ready? Uh, All right. Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. I will do it in. Uh, Go alphabetical yeah, by last name. Just. By last yeah, name. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Roseanne Barr. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg. Rosie O'Donnell. Okay. Rosie, Roseanne. And I like who? how they're all from the same era, too. That's good. Yeah. The, Google, who's, like, this is one of those things was like, okay, Google. So Barbara Walters was also on the list. But who's, I didn't who's, her. Rob, who's the third? Roseanne, Rosie. Roseanne Barr, Whoopi Goldberg, and Rosie Whoopi. O'Donnell. Whoopi. Oh, this is <laughs> who's shortest and tallest. You need to range them. This should be an SAT right. t- question. Okay, I'm gonna. Hmm. All right, I, I'm gonna I go... think I, got I think Roseanne guess. is the shortest, and then I will say Whoopi is the next, and Rosie is the tallest. Okay, what do you have, Joe? I'm gonna go Rosie's shortest, then Roseanne, then Whoopi is the tallest. Let me tell you, Duff nailed it. Roseanne oh. Barr is five foot four. Whoopi Goldberg is five foot five, and Rosie O'Donnell is five seven. Then what? Why did they shoot this movie this way? <laughs> I don't know. What's I going don't on? Know. I know. They make her look know. like she's four foot ten. I know. Yeah. She she looks like she's gonna ask me to solve the riddles three so I can pass <laughs> under the bridge. Did they, did they look at her at, at her, her jaw jutting out her horrible hair and her outfits and say, you don't look disabled enough. We need to Make raise the height of the benches and the seats in the bus. Uh, it's what's Barbara going Walters. on. 
is also the same height. Uh, she's five five. She's, she's not the Whoopi same Goldberg. height as anyone now. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> For real? Yeah, they, she's they minus six foot now. They made the creative decision when she was sitting in seats on the bus and on that park bench to say yeah. we need to make these seats taller to make her look shorter. Why? I don't well, know. Well, that 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 did we bring up who filmed this? Like I know we mentioned it, but uh, did we say who? Angelica Houston. We did. This was the last movie she directed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that I. Could, I could... <laughs> but I did mean, she it... kill her dad? When did he die? <laughs> did this movie kill I... her dad? Yeah. So this. Uh, Angelica Houston, Hollywood royalty, the daughter of John Houston, mm-hmm. one of the greats. Uh, mm-hmm. So granddaughter of okay. Walter well, Houston. He died way before uh, this. I knew he was super uh, old, uh, but she's a she's a third generation nepo baby. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think generally we like Angelica Houston when she's right. not directing things like right. this. Uh, yeah. In '96, I don't she think I've ever seen of- her in a movie where I was like, she's bad. She's she's always no. at least above average in everything I've seen her in. Yeah, if not better. Um, so yeah, the the directing directing gene was not not passed down. No, no. Um, so yeah, and this is also uh, I should point out this is also a Hallmark Channel. Um, yeah, like so, owns this or distributes it. I mean, they're involved with it, but it was on uh, CBS. Yeah, it's the Hallmark Hall of Fame is kind of uh, so we. Oh we alluded God. to how movies got really trash, like made for TV movies got really trashy. I think Hallmark is kind of the end. It's like, well, we have these wholesome uh, family movies and it's stuff like this. Can Can I just name a few other directors? The 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 cinematographer of this film, Anthony B. Richmond. Can I just just rattle off a few other directors he's worked with? Okay. Sure. Jean Luc Godard. Okay. <laughs> Nicholas Rogue. Okay. John John Sturgis. Okay. Why does this movie look so bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, he you know Abel Ferreira. And he's a cinematographer for Don't Look Now. Okay, well, all right. Okay. Uh yeah. And wow. um uh Abel Ferreira, uh Tony Goldwyn, uh who we saw at work when we were extras in that movie. Oh yeah. Um she he was cinematographer for for Sean Penn. Uh <laughs> huh. It, it's just that that's what's uh peter jackson by the way um he worked with him on that uh oh i guess he that's must where he have, learned to make people small no <laughs> hold on he he well it says recut of let it be so i wonder if he shot some of the stuff in that original get back documentary hmm. and then he gets credited for like peter yeah. jackson redoing it possibly Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was, you're like right. Because he was a cinematographer for the Let It Be, the Michael Lindsay Hall. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. I see it on okay. his list. So it, that if you ever want to just kind of like laugh or just be like, wow, and look at, at at a Hollywood job where they are in peaks and valleys in terms of the quality, always look at a cinematographer. Because yeah. listen, you got to pay the bills, and these guys sometimes. Whew. Well, I want to unbelievable that. <laughs> tie it to something guys um the writer of this movie also wrote the titanic tv miniseries from 1996 wow, wow what a year so all tied together you know um 
Yeah, it is. Uh, guys, I mean, well, listen, we're, you know, we're not done yet. I'm sure there's still things to talk about. But so far, we've gotten uh, through I, this. Uh, I had mics one, haven't I, cut off. I had a fun fact. Okay. I don't know if we're nearing the end, but uh, this, man, the Joe, I don't know if you saw this, but this this would have almost been right in Rob's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now, this is uh, unverified. It's on IMDb Trivia. Okay. Um, but it says that for this movie, uh, Garth Brooks wrote a song called Let the Conversation Begin for the film. Come on! But he, but he insisted that Chris Gaines be paid separately for recording the song. Come on! Yes! That's so good! Oh, what Hallmark, a great... Oh! Hallmark so he was going to write it and get paid as Garth Brooks, and then Chris Gaines gets paid to sing it? I don't know how. Well, that's it, that's his alter ego. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes. So okay. he he basically uh, did. I maybe I misheard you. Was he well, saying the, I want to be all paid I, twice? All, so all I know is two sentences of trivia. Okay, from can you IMDb. read it one more time, please? Okay, Garth Brooks wrote a song called "Let the Conversation Begin" for the film, but insisted that Chris Gaines be paid separately for recording the song. Okay, Hallmark so- Hallmark refused. And Studio G backed out. Okay. The, the way I interpret that, and I feel like this is correct, is he wanted to be paid for writing it as Garth Brooks, and then he also wanted to be paid additionally as Chris Gaines for recording it. That, that I, seems like I, the correct I, reading, right? Uh, yes, I think so. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what a what a what a what another like. I, talent to have to be involved in this i did some some cursory like i wanted to know more because that that in itself is just the title what was it again let Let the the conversation conversation begin unbelievable isn't that what he said in his like first weird facebook video like however many years ago i don't know man you're the rap you're the garth brooks Brooks slash chris Gaines scholar of of the trio here (laughs) like is me you know uh, does he have like a like Bob Dylan has those 800 bootlegs. Like, are there Garth Brooks equivalents that would have this album? <laughs> I, I don't or know. Or this track? I don't know. I don't does, know. And does he have a big enough ego to make a demand like that? Yes. From what you know. Yes. Sure. Oh, okay. yeah. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. That's awesome. <clears throat> I mean, this is this is the dude who's like, I'm going to make my own streaming service. <laughs> like, remember that? What was that called? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember. And but he was the only artist on it, so he had to pay like ten bucks a month, and all you got was Garth Brooks songs you probably already had. We there needs to be an entire podcast series that just talks about this whole Chris Gaines thing that Garth Brooks did because it is one of the <laughs> weirdest things that I can think of it anyone is, ever doing. Literally one of the like one of the at least in American it, it, music one of the three biggest one of the five three or five biggest stars ever was like what if I had an alternate personality that did rock and roll it's, it's like when Michael <laughs> Jordan played baseball like, yeah it's but like he wasn't Michael uh, Jordan playing baseball he was like a different name it's, it's yeah it, it, and I this actually isn't hyperbole with his sales right it's like if no. Elvis was like I'm gonna do an album under a different name right yeah yeah, yeah. Like he's exactly basically as famous as Elvis was in the yeah. 90s oh yeah he, yeah, and even wilder, and this is just a product of the time, is that the album was viewed as this huge flop and still sold like three million copies or something <laughs> like that. Like it, just even at the time, it was like you know for a superstar like him, it's like well that's okay sales, and it's just like three million people. It's like well whatever, I like Garth. I'll 
I'll buy this weirdo alt rock album. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, Duff, mm-hmm. what have we learned? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I've, it, it, feel, it like feels like, my... it feels like uh, the end of burn after reading when, uh, it was a JK Simmons is just like, all right, well, what have we learned? Yep. Yep. And then it's just like, uh, don't do that again. <laughs> that is pretty much what I learned is don't watch this again. Yeah. Like I, I thought that on the whole, like the batting average of made for TV movies was going to be better. But I like when I started reading, like they all, they all just kind of ended up like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, 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 I guess think I, this one, I th- it needed to happen because we needed yes. to see with our own eyes what this art form, what what horrors it could bring us, right? It we got worse. To, we needed to stare into the abyss before we could truly appreciate the wonders of cinema. We then also need to look at the darkness. Put, Bring the negative to that, that seed vault built into the mountain where we're keeping all the food samples for the world to preserve this. You know, I thought I think I texted this to you guys, but when I watching this, it's like, is this is this what would have you know? Is this the day the clown cried? Is yeah. this, this is like, like th- this is like what I imagine the Jerry? Uh, anyone who's curious, the Jerry Lewis famously made a movie that is supposedly so bad that only, like he's shown it to a hand, he's shown it to a handful of people, and it's locked away. Yeah, and it's 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 the premise is like he's a clown in a Jewish concentration. <laughs> <laughs> And some, uh, I sitting in the th- sitting in the gas chamber with my clown. Oh God! <laughs> uh, there was, I think, there's something in like Salon or Slate or something about that, like years ago. And uh, somehow Harry Shearer was one of the people who had seen it, or at least seen some of it. And he's <laughs> he said it, like he's like is basically a perfect animal of of just awfulness like much like this i don't think anything could prepare you right right so um boy we i mean like i said we went we started we started strong with duel and it's just been a a a a sharp decline we used to be a proper country that made tv movies about big trucks yep yep now now you know, hey, we started. We started with transportation. We end with transportation here. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> hey, okay, listen. You can ride in your car and maybe die, or mm-hmm. you can support your local public transit and yeah. maybe mm-hmm. meet someone that you can exploit uh, for your next art project. I will say the majority of the people on the bus, including the bus drivers, are very nice and wonderful to Beth. Yes, I. It's her. It's her family. It's her extended family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um, her real one won't let them meet her kid, their kids. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. What do we have next? We have. If you're interested in listening to more, we do have a Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMidnightBoys. We uh, do an episode every every single month. Um, we have many of them. Uh, we just recently did Dick Tracy. Um, before that, we did The River Wild, and before that, we did Howard the Duck. So we go all over the place with those. Yeah. Um, it's only two dollars a month. You get access to all those, and they go back. Boy, we started. We have a lot of these. They go back. We do once a month, and our first one was November of 2019. So pre-pandemic, a lot of content. A lot of content. Uh, 
also, this is the end of this season, or made for TV, or as seen on TV season. Uh, I believe Joe is next for our next season, but but we might have a little a little a little what would you call it a little appetizer, Joe? A, a tease? Uh, a little a palate cleanser? I believe you called it earlier an, to us. An aperitif. An aperitif. Right yeah. yeah. So we're gonna we're before we start our next meal, we're just gonna pour ourselves a, a couple glasses of port, mm-hmm. and just simmer a little bit. So next, each of us gets to pick a movie that the other two hosts have not seen so mm-hmm. the, the idea here would be like man i really wish you guys would watch this movie which all right. of us have had that argument a bunch of times and then the other two people are like yeah i'll get around to it eventually right so we each now get we have to force to. we each yeah. get to force our two now friends under the gun to mm-hmm. either i don't your motives you can keep that to yourself you can pick something <laughs> yeah. so, to punish the other two people i suppose or pick something you really love that you want to share that's Pick something I'm, that I'm, you think will spark a great discussion. You guys do whatever you want. That's why I'm. It's going to be tough because I could either, you know, pick something that I legitimately love and think is great, or it could just be something that is maybe not great but will definitely <laughs> cause discussion. Right. So, so I don't that, know. That'll I'm be just sure, a short I'm not little. Sure, yeah. That'll not just sure be which short. way I'll go. So it'll be three uh, episodes. It'll be fun. Yeah, just some some a little, short little thing for fun. As we uh, head out of uh, the. Uh, tail end of winter here this will be a little palate cleanser to bring us into the spring i think right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely and um i mean we did it this is a fun season duff thanks for putting it together there's you know probably the worst collection of movies of all the seasons yeah um <laughs> oh yeah no question <laughs> Uh, this is the most punishing punishing season ever but but like i i'll i'll be real here like Watching Riding the Bus with my sister, like, at no point was I really all that bored. No, uh, I wasn't either. Because it was like watching a 90-minute car crash where I, like, didn't like what I was seeing, but I was Couldn't look away. And Couldn't there's, look away. There's, something, yeah, it, there's something to that. It is, yeah, infinitely watchable in a way that you <laughs> you are physically scared not to. Like you, like you, like it's kind of like how you, you know you'll hear it's like, well, why did they look in there? Why did they go there? It's like it's just your your primal instincts and curiosity. Just it, it's like when over. something smells really bad and then you smell it again. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, oh, and then you turn your head and then you're like, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's really bad. Uh, oh yep, <laughs> second confirmed it yeah uh and the the good news is hopefully i i can't imagine there'll be a copyright claim but we can put this up and you can just pick any random scene and you'll if you think we're being jerks or insensitive just pick any random scene that rosie is in and you will immediately just say oh boy like what is going on here yeah yeah well, um, also there are two scenes uh, where the sound cuts out for some reason. <laughs> uh, it doesn't fine. matter. Yeah, it, it does matter. not matter. Well, uh, hopefully, our listeners, you enjoyed uh, hearing about this this set of movies, and you definitely don't have to watch them, but now you know about them. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for our next little, the next three episodes we do, and then whatever you know, Joe's going back to the whiteboard, and. Uh, you yeah, know, crafting new seasons. It's hard. It's hard work. work. It's hard work crafting well, a season. I don't think my, people my, understand. My team's hard at work down here in my basement. 
just crunching demographics, crunching numbers. <laughs> yeah. And we're just thinking about what's going to put us to the top of the charts. I, I'm going to try to deliver. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, we make these decisions based off what will get the most listeners. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm <laughs> 2023 ready. is going to be the year of riding the bus with my sister. The we Google are, tra- yeah, this is keep gonna... a track, track that Google trend line on that, that Th- search. This is step <laughs> one to us yeah. not having to have day jobs anymore. <laughs> all right well we'll be back uh i don't know whatever we're back with our uh a movie that only one of us has seen we'll see what that is probably pretty soon <laughs>